0: Father, here's our heart this morning. Father, here's our heart this morning. And Father, we lay our hearts before you today because, Lord, that's our desire, is that we have everything you hadn't planned for us. Father, the things you've got in store for us, Father, we want those things. And so, Father, we say, here's our heart, Lord. Father, we ask that you move through us, Lord, in us and, and all about us. Father, as we move into this 2021, Lord, here's our heart, and we want you to be in control. Father, we want you to speak life into us, to speak uh, your eternity into us, to speak your will into us. Father, help us to continue to open our hearts. Father, when we hear things from you that we don't understand or maybe not comprehend, Father, as the word says, uh, Father, we believe, but help our unbelief. Father, help us to become what you've called us to be. Father, here's our heart today. Father, we want you, and we ask you that you move upon this body today. Father, today we ask that that you move upon Tracy and Crystal and Donald and Dave Madrigal, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit moves upon them. Father, here's our heart. Move upon us today. Move through us today. Father, here's our heart. Move upon our government. Father, move through them. Father, move through these elections. Father, move through the Georgia elections coming up. Here's our heart, Lord. We want you to move across this land. We want you to move into us. Father, here's our heart today. We ask that you use us to bring people into your kingdom. Father, that you use us to build your kingdom. Father, that we would see the people that you put in our lives and minister to them. Father, let us recognize how much you love us and fill us full Lord Father renew us in your Holy Spirit today Lord we want all of you but Father all things that are being lifted before you today Lord here's our heart here's our heart Lord we need a job Lord here's our heart Father here's our heart we need a touch upon our marriage here's our heart Lord Father, move across this land, Lord. We want all of you, and we yield to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord has been putting on my heart that this is a new beginning. You know, we use the new year to say that it's a new beginning. But each day is a new beginning in Christ. The other night we were sitting there and it's probably the first year we've been at home, just Karen and I, and and we were going into the new year And about 11.50. Karen said, I want you to pray us into the new year. And I said, you look at your watch. I got to pray 10 minutes. <laughs> and anyway, during uh, our hard time, we started praying. And And anyway, we prayed about... Some things that happened in 2020, we repented of some things and that we didn't accomplish, some things we weren't proud of. But we didn't dwell on what should have been done or what could have been done or even what might be done. But we focused on what could be done in 2021. And again, 2 Corinthians 5:17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You know, we can look back over the year and say, you know, we may have fell short here. Or we may not accomplish accomplished here. But hey, guys, today's a new beginning. But where I want to challenge you, and if I don't say it now, is every day in Christ is a new beginning. Every time that we step out in our faith and say, Lord, touch my heart is a new beginning. Not just January the 2nd, but January the 3rd when we reach out to God at any time He pours out his spirit upon us. That old scripture we like to read from Lamentations that his mercies are new every day. Did you guys realize that the prophet that wrote this and some think it was Jeremiah. But they don't realize that Israel just went through a traumatic time. Israel's families had been taken away from them. Their homes had been taken away from them. Their temples, churches had been taken from them by the enemy. And to be honest with you, it was because the nation wasn't following God. And just put yourself in Jeremiah's shoes that that you gave all that you had to God and you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But your country's not with you. Your nation's not with you. There's very few people standing with you. And because of their sin and tragedies, the enemy comes in and just devastates the land. And then he writes this scripture. But this I call to mind, and therefore I hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Did we just hear what was going on in his life? He lost everything, and he says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy, mercies never come to an end. They are new they are new Every morning great is your faithfulness the lord is my portion says my soul therefore i will hope in him the lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him it is good to the one or it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the lord but did you get that today the ones that wait upon the Lord, that seeks him, that reaches out to the Lord, they will experience his salvation no matter what's going on in their life. In spite of Israel's decision to follow man instead of God, Jeremiah knew there was hope in God because his mercies never ends for those who seek him. So every day is a new beginning to those that seek him. So I don't care what's going on in your life, where you're at in your life, that, that if you would just reach out and just grab a hold of God, he's going to move like you've never seen before in your life. So each and every day is a new beginning. The other night we were sitting down and I don't even know what was, uh, we were getting ready to watch. And I bought one of them new speakers that Bluetooth that were kind of checking them out for the church. And, and, and I just hit that and the spirit of the Lord come in at the same time and i just sat in the presence of the lord jamming and praising god to the point where mom and dad wondered what was going on over there mom and dad said you got a party going on over there <laughs> but when we reach out to him we will experience him so as we sing that song today here's my heart it's appropriate when we say here's my heart lord His mercies are going to flow in. His salvation is going to flow in. He's going to touch you wherever you're at. I think of the apostle Peter. He did lots of things that he wasn't proud of. He'd gotten in trouble for missing Jesus' plan. How many of you feel like that you've missed the plan of God in your life? You know, when he reaches down, grabs his sword, and he cuts off the ear of the centurion, and Jesus says, whoa, and puts the ear back on and heals it. And says to Peter, man, don't you even know what's going on? Don't you know my plan? You know, how many of us feel like we've missed the plan of God? Or, you know, Peter goes on in his life and, you know, he spent three years with Jesus. He grew up in the church. He grew up in Sunday school, if you will. He, he spent all this time with his Lord. But when the rubber hit the road and, and he was being tested for his faith, he denied Christ three times. He said, I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. Even to the point where he cursed and began to swear to convince them that he didn't know Jesus. But then, in spite of all this, we read in Matthew 26, 5, that Peter realized what had happened when the rooster crowed. And he fell to his knees and he wept bitterly. And the mercies of God, the mercies of Jesus, flowed into his life. Christ didn't quit on him. God didn't quit on him. He, he realized where he's at and he said, here's my heart. And the spirit moved upon him. Peter began to take advantage of the opportunity to start fresh in Christ. Peter began to take advantage of the new beginnings every day in Christ. You know, even when he'd make mistakes, he'd make a stand about that. We need to, to bring in the, the alien. In this case, the Gentiles, if it wasn't for Peter, in the midst of the prophecy the Lord give him, Gentiles, in other words, non-Jewish people, would not be able to hear the gospel. Or Christ may have done it another way. But Peter made that stand and said, preach to the Gentiles. But we see in Galatians, Paul gets after him because he ignored the Gentiles and wouldn't eat with them and spent time with the Jews. And In other words, he got clicky. He got to thinking he was better than them. But Peter took advantage again of the opportunity of new beginnings and said, Lord, forgive me. I know you've called me to be about this. You know, Christ never gave up on Peter. He kept pressing in. Peter is known to be a brass, harsh, tough guy. And we see the Lord worked on him all throughout his life because Peter took advantage of the new opportunity, the new beginnings in his life. I still believe that it's because of the Holy Spirit. When he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when things began to change. But if you look at that scripture, he gave his heart to the Lord. He began to seek the Lord. They were all in one place. They were in one accord with the Lord in Acts chapter one, together in unity with the Lord and each other. And the spirit fell upon the place. And that's how Peter got the revelation, if you will, that, hey, I get in the presence of God. I'm going to experience God. And his ministry blew wide open. The things that he was able to accomplish for the Lord because he took advantage of the Holy Spirit in his life, but but yet he took advantage of the new beginnings. He began to live a full life. And guys, I guarantee you that that you think you got it hard, go back and live Peter's life out. Or leave Paul's, Paul's life, live it out. Paul literally had a a group following him around just tormenting him. They just followed him everywhere he went. He had his posse, but it was a posse to tear him down. But they found out a way to stay fresh in the Lord through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but realizing every day was new and fresh in the Lord. We see that Peter lived a fulfilling life 33 years after that for christ and at his crucifixion in rome when asked to deny christ and some think that if he would have denied christ that they would have let him live but he refused to deny christ again why because he began to experience the lord over them years and he knew that nothing here was worth denying christ over my job's not worth picking over christ my family's not worth picking over christ nothing is worth picking over christ and he refused to deny christ and he said as they began to crucify me to hang him upside down because he wasn't worthy to die as christ had died man isn't that taking care advantage of the new beginnings isn't that taking advantage of the move of the holy spirit in your life You know, I was reading earlier today that, we I hear it all the time. We don't have time, Pastor. And and I was reading an article before I come in here today, and it was talking about that that the average workday in America for a work person was 8.8 hours, workday. They surveyed 2,000 people, and the average workday was 8.8 hours. Of that 8.8 hours, two hours in, I believe, Uh, 53 minutes were productive. So we're putting in 8.8 hours a day and the national average is two hours and 53 minutes is productive. And then they begin to list what everybody spends their time on. These are the most popular unproductive activities listed. Reading news websites, an hour and five minutes at work. Checking social media, 44 minutes at work. Discussing non work related things with coworkers, 40 minutes. Searching for new jobs, 26 minutes. And I laugh at that because I caught my people at Freeman doing that before. What are you doing? I'm looking for a job. 23 minutes taking smoke breaks. 18 minutes calling your spouse or friends. 17 minutes making hot drinks. 14 minutes texting or instant messaging. Eight minutes eating snacks. Uh, Seven minutes making food in the office. And that was from the the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But guys, they're trying to justify from this going to a six-hour workday and being more productive. It's scary what this world's heading to, guys. I don't want to get into that. But they're justifying a weakness... and and lifting it up but i say to you we're not too busy to pray we're never too busy to pray but that's the excuse that we give to our lord and to people all the time we don't have time to go to church we don't have time to to read the word we don't have time to do this i always said we have time for what we want to have time for amen But Peter, he took advantage of the opportunity to serve the Lord. Peter took advantage of the opportunity. I'm feeling darts from the farmers, you know. Like, Pastor, I put in 15 hours. Man, I've been a farmer too. I know Dad would get us up at 5 in the morning and, and we'd work till way late at night. But there's still time in there to pray. Man, I had some of my best prayer times on the tractor. Some of my best prayer times, you know, I go back and I remember when I quit mowing, I always made sure I had a day a week to landscape when I was a pastor. And and I, I regret the day I quit doing that because I had some of the most intimate times in prayer sitting on a machine seeking the Lord. I believe there's a lot of people sitting in here today that are upset about what should have been or could have been. Guys, this is e- easy as saying, here's my heart, Lord. My biggest concern is a con- tr- Christian who continues to live under the condemnation of this world and daily denying the Christ, the one that doesn't get into this revelation of experiencing the Lord. That's the ones I worry about, those that never experience his presence. Because we don't know what we're missing out on. You know, I was going to preach on it a couple of weeks ago, and I, I don't know why I missed over the note. But, but we were talking about preparing and living our lives for Christ because Christ is coming back soon. And I was talking about how we need to live holy lives and lives for Christ. But I had in the notes, and I I believe it, guys, that that after Christ comes back, there's going to be a lot of Christians look up and say, oh, my goodness, it was true. That's what concerns me about America is I don't want to be one that wakes up after the rapture of the church and says, oh my goodness, it was true. Then it'll be really hard to live for the Lord and you'll have to give your life up, be martyred before you could go home. But that's another sermon. But today, uh, what I was wanting to preach on was that Peter wrote about how to make our lives about Jesus, the people, and the church. In our New Year's resolution, as Oakton, guys, I'm keeping it simple. It's a new beginning. Yeah. All you do every day is a new beginning, Lord. Here's my heart. My challenge is to you that you get up every day and say, Lord, here's my heart. We repent of things that happened the day before, actually should have done that before you went to sleep that night before and you get up today's a new beginning lord what do you have for me that's the new year's resolution i want for oakton the number one one here's my heart god in other words in 2021 let's make it about jesus let's make it about people let's make it about the church Me and Jim, we're talking about that today. The guys, everybody, we say we want to do all these things, but but guys, we need more of you to step into these things. The church needs you. Jesus needs you and people need you. And we need to start denying our flesh and taking the bull by the horns and take control of the ministry that God's called us to. But Peter, through the scripture, has told us how to do this. And I think it's a key that he's given us advice here in 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11. And and guys, he's so clear, I'm just going to read the scripture. Uh, What's going to be behind me is going to be NIRV, and then verse 1, and TPT, verse 1. But it starts out here, and again, Peter's telling us how to make our lives about Jesus how to make our lives about people, how to make our lives about the church. He says Christ suffered in his body. So prepare yourselves to think in the same way Christ did. Do this because whoever suffers in their body is finished with sin. Verse 1, TPT says, Since Christ, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for you, now you also must be prepared, a prepared soldier having the same mindset, for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. So as a good soldier, as a good believer, we prepare ourselves to think like Christ every day. When we roll out of bed, we say it's a new beginning, and we begin to think like Christ through prayer, study of the word, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you look at the Bible apps, I'm reading the Bible in a year, and I'd ask you guys to join me, but today's uh, lesson is unbelievable, and I've, uh, here it is. It's uh, the Bible in one year by uh, this guy. I can't see his name now, but it's the only one that, can, that, that, will pray, that plays the video for you. You can listen to it, but unbelievable devotion, unbelievable devotion on how to prepare ourselves to be like Christ. But the thing I caught in that, I got that. Yeah. I got one, yeah, in here. And it's from a baby. Where's my, uh, my seasoned Christians at? Yeah. Kyle, do you realize that Micah goes, woohoo, after he was done singing that one worship song today on the second one? See, these babies are into this, they feel the Spirit. But like good soldiers, we must be finished, done with sin. As I was saying here, it won't always be easy. Guys, we may need to suffer a little bit. We want to eat that chocolate candy. We need to suffer a little bit and not eat the chocolate candy. Tim Tebow had a movie out that Karen and I, it may have been what we were watching there then, but, but Run the Race. Man, this guy, this boy went through suffering now. Oh my goodness, he lost his mom, his brother. But he stayed the course. He stayed the course because he's experiencing God in his life. Verse 2 says as a result, they don't live the rest of their earthly life for human or evil human desires. Instead, they live to do what God wants. Did you get that? They called the human desires evil. They live now to do what God wants. The TPT says it like this. So live the rest of your earthly life, no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. Did we get up this morning and say, God, what pleases you today? How many did that? God, "God, what pleases you today? Come on, let's be honest. Anybody? Nobody did? Man, we got a lot of work to do. But God, what pleases you? There is more to life than the 10 most popular New Year's resolutions. We wake up in the morning thinking we need to exercise more. We need to lose weight. We need to get organized. We need to learn a new skill or hobby. We need to live life to the fullest. We need to figure out ways to save money and get more money and spend less money. We get up wanting to quit this or quit that. We say we want to spend more time with family and friends We get up thinking, I got to travel more. I need to read more. That's the top 10 New Year's resolutions. Most popular right there. We get out of bed. That's what we desire. Top 10. We're changing that this year, Oakton. Our top resolution, and I pray that you join me, is Christ hears my heart. How can I please you? Verse 3, you have spent enough time in the past doing ungodly things. Excuse me. You, You have spent enough time in the past doing what ungodly people choose to do. You lived a wild life. You longed for evil things. You got drunk. You went to wild parties. You worshiped statues of gods. In other words, demons, which the Lord hates. The TPT says it like this For you have already spent enough time doing what unbelievers love to do, living in debauchery. Debauchery is excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures, in sensuality, partying, drunkenness, wild drinking parties, and the worship of demons. So the TPT just calls it out. You know, God delivered me from sexual immorality, God delivered me from drunkenness, anger, God delivered me from tobacco. God delivered me from a filthy mouth. And God delivered me from debauchery. That's just me, my personal life. I'm so tired of hearing about the imperfect church. When we are the perfect church because Christ has made us holy. We are to live holy lives. We are to be done with a past life. We're to be done and finished with sin We've already been there. We don't want it no more. But my experience as a pastor is many would rather claim the false gospel of, oh, we're imperfect. It's okay. Instead of suffering through some evil desires. Verse 4 says, ungodly people are surprised that you no longer join them in what they do they want you to join them in their wild and wasteful living, so they, will, they say bad things about you. The TP reads it like this. They, the ungodly, marvel that you no longer rush to join them and accept exce- ex- excuses. Ex- say that for me. Excesses of the corrupt lifestyles, and so they verify, they or vilify, say right bad things about you. You guys know what happened this week? You want know, to pull up that picture of Jim. This is really a bad deal. Somebody put that outside of Jim's office. And it's a crunch machine. And, and I don't know what they're insinuating, Jim. You got abs that are just the best. You know, Jim just took this job. And man, look how the world's attacking him. And calling him a fatty and said, you need to do exercise. Now, actually, I threw that in there. By the way, if you know who put that out there, Jim wants to know, this is a true story. This is a true story. But I joke about that, but I think about, you know, that really did happen, but people are funning with him. But I think about when I started living for Jesus, my friends actually started taking bets on how long it would take me to go back to the old style. And one of them went to the point that is, hey, let's go out and let's just go to a movie. And he goes, I won't drink. I won't do any of this stuff. I'll keep it clean the whole night. And I'll never forget, we drove by where Julie Compton lives today and Robert, and he throws the cold off the back and has a case of my favorite beer and a pint of Jack Daniels. The world doesn't want to see you be successful for Christ. They're going to, the ungodly is going to want you to join with them. And when they, you don't, they're going to tear you down. They're going to say things about you. Guys, we're getting used to it around here. When we minister to people, a lot of times it goes out of here, we did bad things. But usually it comes around after a year and the truth comes out. When you minister to people, they're going to get upset with you and say bad things about you. They're going to say horrible things about you. Mark my word. They do. But we continue loving them because the truth will always come out. But if it doesn't, who cares? God knows. But we need to expect these things. Someone said, uh, like Peter, when life gets tough and you go to church and you're a Christian and denying Christ. We say, no, I'm proud to be a Christian. And I'm proud to serve the Lord and willing to take a little bit of buffering for what we believe. Man, you can go on the news. A friend, I don't even know how he got to be my friend on Facebook because I didn't even know the guy, but he was running down churches because they were being prosperous during the pandemic. Think about that. Churches should be prosperous during the pandemic because god is alive and real we should be the ones that are ministering to the people what about the new york times this one here's one that really got me churches emerge as a major source of the covid 19 cases you read the article and it's 600 but they just throw it out there for anybody to grab a hold of it and say it again like i just did but i'm coming against them because the church isn't the source of it satan is But the church, the world, they want to tear us down. And we're going to have to learn that we're going to have to suffer a little bit for Christ. But guys, it's pretty cool to suffer for Christ. You know, as we, as a kid, it was, you know, I'll go to Lamar and and I'll fight for Lamar. Football, we fought for Lamar. We got Lamar pride. Let's get some Jesus pride. Let's fight for Jesus a little bit. Let's suffer. I can remember in the piles and the guys you got it easy nowadays and I played football it was dirty wasn't it Jason I've been pinched I've been bit I chewed the backer most of the games and was spit it on people I shouldn't have said that should I <laughs> shouldn't have said that mama gets upset when I say that mommy every day's a new beginning <laughs> no I didn't do that I was just kidding Uh, you're not supposed to laugh in church I'm really rattled right now <laughs> made my mama proud today <laughs> I remember Cassville I broke my ankle I think and and I hobbled to the sideline and say coach tape it up get me back in the game man we get somebody says something bad about us church I want to quit I don't want to do this no more they ain't worth it. Now I'll never forget that. They taped my ankle up, and I went back in and played. And, and I, I made a good tackle in the end zone. I rolled out in the end zone. And my granddad, Diggs, he's really old then. He was walking by there, and he stopped, looked at me, said, good hit, boy. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. It was well worth it that they taped my ankle up because I got the experience that, and I'll never forget it. Remember when we got brave there and, and started the league there, football league in Lamar. And I made the the cut and I was linebacker. First play of the game, hit the guy. Both of us end up in the emergency room. He had a concussion and I broke my leg right here. I literally walked off the field. I'm trying to, I'm not bragging me up, but I'm trying to tell you what we'll do for the flesh. But my leg was completely cut in two and the bone was bouncing side to side, off and off. And I walked to the sideline. Because we had to be tough. We're Lamar. We can't suffer for Christ. I was putting on such a good show. Mike was a little kid. And I told Uncle Steve, can you take me to the hospital? I broke my leg. They didn't believe me. Nobody believed me. Because I wasn't crying and, and been a baby. Now, it was a couple hours later. but <laughs> But why don't we suffer for the Lord anymore? Why can't we take a little bit? For the kingdom. <laughs> Somebody looks at his cross in church. We don't want to come back to next week. Oh, it's snowing. COVID. Yeah. Got gotcha, you, brother. I heard that back there. Todd, are you doing that now? Are you throwing your voice? Yeah. Verse 5, but they'll have to explain their actions. In other words, people that persecute you, they have to explain their actions to God. He is ready to judge those who are alive and those who are dead. So you keep ministering. You keep living it out. The TPT says, but one day they'll have to give an account to one who is destined to judge the living and the dead. Verse 6, That's why the good news was preached even to the people, martyrs who are now dead. It was preached to them for two reasons. This is good, guys. It was preached so that their bodies might be judged. This judgment is made by human standards, or this judgment is made by human standards, but the good news also preached so that the spirits might live. This life comes by means of God's power. The TPT, this is the reason the gospel was preached, to the martyrs before they gave their lives. Even though they were judged by human standards, now they live in the spirit by God's standards. You guys get what that says? We ought be jumping out of our, ch- our seats if we get a hold of that. We are no longer judged for unrighteousness, but for righteousness. The human standard in the old way We're no longer judged for because of the blood. We're judged for righteousness now. We have every right to get up out of bed each and every morning and say, Hey, God's mercies are good and new. It's a new beginning. We have no reason to hold on to the old because God has made it possible through his son, Jesus Christ, to be delivered of sin and to stay away from the sin and live for righteousness. God is there. Was that you this time, Harvey, or is that the baby? Yeah, I I, I was trying to see, man. See, them babies are getting fired up. Verse 7, the end of all things is near, so be watchful and control yourself. Then you may pray. Again, the baby cried out. Are we that excited to hear that Christ is going to return? Are we excited? Christ could come today. You know, we think about that. Christ could come today. The TPT says, since we're approaching the end of all things, be intentional, purposeful, and self-controlled so that you can be given to prayer. So the reason Peter's saying to do all these things that we have already talked about, he's saying to clear your schedule, clean up your lives, live like Christ is coming today. Pray. Pray. clear up your schedules, clean up your lives, pray. We need to pray more than we are. Anything that happens successful, in other words, God's plan in our life is covered in prayer. I was talking about the the different pastors that got different things this year and for their year end and their Christmas presents and all that and a pastor friend of mine was bragging that his church without any staff, the laity went out and scheduled 24-7 prayer for the year and that was his Christmas present. Think about that. The church was so excited about prayer and the things of God. Hey, you're not bothering me at all. I love to hear the babies chatter because everybody else is quiet as crickets tonight. But think about that. And he even said some families had to take six hours to accomplish it. And he goes, you know, even if they did 10% of that, it's probably 10% more than we're doing. And he goes, that's the best Christmas present I ever got. And I thought, wow. Wow. I said, Oakton already does that, by the way. But as we're looking, you know, through all these things, how to be intentional, how to keep Christ number one, the to me, prayer is one of the most important things. And we're going to suggest that on Super Wednesdays that prayer and worship be taught, and 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 on those nights. And Joe Costly, Pastor Joe is going to kick off this Wednesday night. Now, in saying all that, I want him to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I told him, you do whatever the Holy Spirit says. But we want to be intentional about prayer on Super Wednesdays this year. But we need to be intentional about prayer for the national elections, the, the votes tomorrow or Tuesday on the Georgia runoff. We need to be intentional in our prayer. Verse 8, most of all, love one another deeply. Love erases many sins by forgiving them. The TPT says, above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another, for love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. Do we love each other? Is our goal that that, that Doug's successful? Is our goal that Jennifer's successful? Is our goal that our brothers and sisters are built up? Is it our goal that unbelievers are saved? Are we echoing God's intense love for each other? I read an art, another article today on on uh, the uh, meetings and how much productive times are in meetings and how much times lost in meetings. I thought of Mike Diggs because he dealt with some stuff I've dealt with before, but, but a lot of them blame the leaders, the bosses, when they said most of the problem with meetings is, is everybody's 10 minutes late and it throws the whole meeting off. Most of the people that come to the meetings aren't prepared and they went through a list of things and everything that they listed was a result of those coming and not the ones leading it. There's a couple on the keeping it moving and flowing. But are we prepared when we come to church to minister to people? Are we prepared? We get out of bed each morning. God, use me to minister to people. Are we echoing God's love? Uh, I've got a touch this last week, and uh, Jim had given me a number to call. I was needing to fix a tractor tire. And anyway, it got prices because they had fluid in them. It was going to cost me $900 for both. And, and, and I don't want to spend it, to be honest with you. I only use my tractor 10 times a year and, and mainly when it snows and, but I need to keep it up. And, and anyway, go over there, I call this guy and we're talking things through and he goes, do you realize there's a casing that can be replaced on them? And I thought, no, I've never heard of that. he goes, you ought to try replacing that casing first. And I go, do you have them? And he goes, yes, I drove over and got it. And that casing replacement saved me $900, cost me $5. It made my day, and and it was White's and uh, Lockwood, and I'm going to say their name, because he lost $900. I said that. You lost $900 by being truthful to me, for caring about me. It cost you $900. And he said, well, don't forget me when you buy new tires. (laughs) And I won't. I've already told the staff, if we get new tires, we need to price them from him too. But that's loving your brother when you don't have to. Being Christ-like when you don't have to. The most productive staff meeting I think we had this year was Nine Square. Think about it. I'm going to leave you with that one. Verse 9, welcome others into your home without complaining. TPT, be compassionate to foreigners without complaining. Guys, what was yesterday? Does anybody know what yesterday was? It was an, a huge event for Oakton. Does anybody know? You can't, you cheat, she cheats. Anybody else? No. November 2nd is when we had our first service at Oakland, Carthage in two thousand. Ten years ago 2011 did we celebrate that I believe Oakton has been compassionate outside the church but I believe we can work on that are we warm and, and welcoming to people that come inside the church Guys, do you realize we've had several new families come in since COVID? Lots of new families come in. Do you know them? Have you made them feel welcome? That's my challenge to the church is that we welcome and embrace Oakton and the people that are here, but also that we're welcoming to the unbelievers on the outside in the workplace. I want to challenge you guys today to attend all of open services and the excuse I get a lot is they don't speak English or I don't speak Spanish. Uh, I, I personally went out and bought headsets to where when we get our interpreter, you can go in and they'll give you a headset and you can listen to the service in Spanish or in English. And so we're doing ways to make it possible to be connected as a church body. And guys, the aliens are, are, or anybody outside of our group, but also ethnic-wise as well. We need to bring them all in. Yeah! Life groups. And guys, I know we're going late today, but if you got to go, go. Because I think we need to hear these things. And, and I'm about done anyway, but to be honest with you, I get tired of being rushed. You know, I, I get tired of hearing about the air conditioning or the heat every week. Uh, I get tired of hearing about all these other things instead of what's worship. You know, I got things to do. You know, the football game's going on. My team broke records this year. Yeah, that people scored six touchdowns on them. But anyway. But we always got something we need to do. But we need to be in a life group. Everyone inside, outside, and online needs to be in a life group. You can connect online. Make your life group. Zoom it. Come to Sunday school. There's lots of life groups, and we need to be involved. Verse 10, good gifts of grace come in many forms. Each of you have received a gift in order to serve others. You should use it faithfully. Every believer has received grace. This is the TPT gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of many colored tapestry of God's grace. TPT uses these weird words, but it's good, reads good. Verse 11, let's jump into it. If anyone speaks, in other words, they're like me, I'm speaking as a pastor today. That's my gift to feel the truth. I think some's prophet. I know some's leader, but I... They should do it as one speaking God's word. And we need to take this position that serious. I need to take this position that serious. If anyone serves, in other words, you've got a gift to serve in whatever capacity that is, they should do it with the strength of God that God provides. And do it as if God was doing it themselves. So you're doing it the very best that you can. Why? So then in all things, God will be praised through Jesus Christ. Christ's glory and power belong to him forever and ever. In other words, we want to operate in our gifts and we want to do it the best we can as if God was doing it himself. Why? So that God could be praised. That's why we do it. I guarantee you, I don't get up here so that I can be praised. I get up here because I want you to praise God. That needs to be our heart. The TPT says it like this. For example, if you have a speaking gift, Speak as though God were speaking his words through you. If you have the gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength God gives you. So that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Christ Jesus. For to him belong the power and the glory forever throughout all ages. Guys, God has given you, the believer, spiritual gifts. I believe you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to fully blossom in them. But God has given you gifts. We need to operate in these gifts the best that we can. We need to give God the best that we can so that why lives can be touched, people can praise God. I shared you about Kevin White earlier. I'm praising God for what Kevin White did for me. I'm praising God that he's sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that he did all these things. I praise God for that the nativity. I praise God because 60 to a hundred people come out and operated in their gifts every night. Man, that's a blessing. But I praise God that 1,050 people were ministered to. That's awesome. 1,050 people were ministered to because you served in your giftings. And I believe many, many people praise God because of it. Many of you operated in giving of the sunshine baskets and 18 families were touched. And I believe are praising God for what you've done. Ringing the bell, you said, well, oh, how does that bless people's lives? Guys, I know for a fact that it blessed people's lives because they called me and told me. They told me how Oakland specifically blessed their lives. You, by doing, getting out there and ringing that bell and representing Christ. So let's take the bull by the horns. God has a calling on our lives. The key is, do you want to answer that call? If the praise team would come forward today, do you want to answer that call? You know, if I lost everybody today because it's now 1107, or are you realizing it's time to make it about Jesus, make it about people, make it about the church, and operate in our spiritual giftings to realize each day is a new beginning, that the old is gone, the new has come, that, hey, I'm going to live for Christ in 2021. Is that our heart today? Do we want that? Do we want it more than anything? You know, a lot of us are where Peter was at as we stand to our feet today. We're at points and times in our life right now where are you at in the Lord? Is Jesus number one in your life? Is there some things you need to forget about? Some things you need to put behind you? Some things that, that, that are behind you. you. Guys, half the reason I say things off the cuff because I forget about them and they come to my mind and that's why I embarrass my mom. Because them old things, are, they're gone. And they're forgotten about. They're under the blood. And we need to realize that every day is a new beginning. And, and guys, really, a lot of people don't want to hear it, but all that matters is eternity. And I repented the other day. It used to, when I preached, I always said, at the very end, God, prepare us for eternal life. And I quit doing that at one point in time in the ministry. And I don't know when I quit doing that. But that's what it's about. We're preparing our hearts for eternity. We're preparing this world for eternity while we're here on this earth. Are your kids saved? Well, I don't want to offend them. It's time to suffer a little bit. Are you living for God in your giftings, your callings? Do you even know what they are? Well, it's time to give up something and find out. But these altars are up here and I'm done, but I'll be glad to pray with anybody. But if you're here and have not accepted Christ, your Lord and Savior, now's the time. But most importantly, now's the time to say, I'm going to live it out. Everybody says they're Christian, but are we living it out? Are we living for Christ? These altars are open for you. You can pray about it. You can think about it. You can come to me, whatever. Praise team. Father, I just come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, again, we just lift up this body to you. Father, we lift up those online and outside that are listening. And Father, again, we say, here's our heart. And if you really mean that today, just speak it out to the Lord now. Here's my heart. But Father, we ask that you move across this body today. Father, we ask that you move across the the internet world and touch lives. And Father, let us get a hold of it. It's about you. In Jesus' name.